Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term going on guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this 
is your AEW Rampage and Friday Night Smackdown post-show for December 10th, 2021. I am your host, JD from New York, and this is the OTS Venue. Thank you guys very much for joining me on your Friday nights, wherever you may be. Smackdown tonight didn't really do much of anything in Los Angeles, California at the Staples Center which will then be called next year the Crypto.net Arena, which is the most ridiculous name for a venue that I've ever heard in my entire life. But it is what it is, man. We're heading into 2022. Nothing surprises me anymore. SmackDown wasn't all that good tonight, but Brock Lesnar and Sami Zayn were absolutely fantastic together. Two weeks now, we've seen Brock Lesnar and Sami Zayn paired together, and they have knocked it out of the park And we will go over exactly what uh, entailed their opening segment with one big potential tease by Paul Heyman. Is Paul Heyman set to leave Roman Reigns and the island of relevancy to join Brock Lesnar once again on New Year's Day, day one, WWE's first pay-per-view of the year where Brock Lesnar meets Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship For a second time this year following their match at Crown Jewel. I don't know. I don't know. But I got news on it. And we're going to go over that in just a little bit. Charlotte Flair. Tired of hearing about Charlotte Flair being the greatest female performer of all time. She's nowhere close. Tonight, absolutely show why against Tony Storm. Tony Storm and Charlotte Flair in a championship contenders match. Championship contenders matches need to absolutely be abolished in professional wrestling. WWE treated us like a bunch of idiots tonight. They insulted your intelligence once again, as always. They do it at least once a week. It's their motto every single week. They book a championship contenders match thinking that we're going to get a good performance out of Tony Storm where she finally proves to everybody why she deserves a SmackDown Women's Championship only for the match to be a botch fest and then end in about three minutes because Charlotte Flair did not adhere to the referee's five count. Bullshit. What a complete dumpster fire was Charlotte Flair and Tony Storm. And Tony Storm deserves a hell of a lot better than what they're giving her on Friday night. Zia Lee, she made her debut tonight on Friday night. She came out and was the quote-unquote protector for Miss Naomi. WWE really went over the top with her entrance. You saw this glitter and this superhero-like entrance, this lightning bolt and thunder effect during her entrance. She came out, she was swinging the katanas or whatever she was uh, swinging in the aisleway, and she came to save Naomi from the dreaded Sonya Deville, Shayna Baszler, and Natalia. Oh, my God, she's the protector on SmackDown. Let me tell you something, honey. Nothing will protect you from Bruce Bridget. I give you four weeks, and then after that, they'll lose interest, they'll get bored, and then maybe they'll hand you your pink slip, and then you can find work elsewhere. Not really all that impressed with Xia Lee in NXT. I doubt I'll be impressed with Xia Lee on the main roster with their shitty booking. They didn't even book her right in NXT. They're going to book her right on the main roster. This is another endeavor waiting to bomb. It's exactly what's going to happen there. Then we got the tag team title situation. 
in WWE. We got the Usos, SmackDown Tag Team Champions against the New Day at day one. You know, that's a fresh match, man. Listen, I don't know if you've ever seen that one before, man, but I can't wait to jump into that fresh match. I've never seen it before. I've never seen it before, man. I can't wait. Super excited about that one. Got that at day one. And then all of a sudden we got RK Bro showing up on SmackDown for absolutely no reason. WWE uh, yet again desperate for any sort of audience attraction or ratings on Friday night. Seeing that the ratings are dwindling and the show is completely fucking garbage on a week-to-week basis. They bring over RK Bro from Monday Night Raw thinking that Matt Riddle and Randy Orton are going to boost the rating. And then they put them in the main event against the Usos and the New Day. No explanation why they're there. No reason why they're there. And WWE promotes this as who's the best tag team in WWE. You know, I'm tired of the Usos. Tired of the New Day. And I'm tired of RK Bro. There are other teams in the company that obviously deserve your attention. Why don't we start planning around the other teams? Because we all know who your top teams are. And correct me if I'm wrong, Bruce. You fucking slob. I thought Survivor Series was the only time of the year where Raw was against SmackDown. Unless it was Friday Night SmackDown tonight in Los Angeles. No reason why they were there. Something needs to be done and something needs to be fixed. You guys know exactly what I'm going to say. On AEW side of things with Rampage, very good show tonight. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Tag team title match over there. Real tag team wrestling. Over on AEW with FTR and the Lucha Brothers for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. That was a great match. We'll go over exactly what happened there. No reason why the Lucha Brothers would be losing the Tag Team Championships so soon. But I've loved their work with FTR. As I think FTR is one of the best tag teams on the planet. Adam Cole versus Wheeler Utah in the main event. Baby. We got a six-woman tag team match that uh, I obviously didn't care for. Just give me the remaining TBS championship matches in the tournament. That's it. And then we got the debut of Hook. Apparently, Hook is getting Rampage trending number one in the United States, man. Everybody was excited about Hook. Hookers Unite in AEW. Taz's son made his official debut. And Jesus fucking Christ, man, was I goddamn impressed. Was I goddamn impressed with Hook, man? We're going to talk about Hook. As well, a little bit later in the show, I got a lot of good things to say about my boy Hook from Brooklyn, New York guy, man. Taz is doing some great things with his son, man. Awesome, awesome debut tonight on Rampage. Plus, I got some Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns news, which we'll go over at the top. Got some additional Jeff Hardy news. So we got a loaded show here tonight, guys. I appreciate you hanging out and joining me on your Friday evenings. Listen. Tomorrow, there will be no Off the Script. Off the Script 400 will be live on Sunday afternoon in its usual spot. Make sure you guys keep an eye and an ear out for that. And the reason why there's no Off the Script 400 tomorrow on its usual Saturday 
is because I will be in Queens. I will be at the NYC Arena. I will be commentating a match that I'm very excited about with Solomonster. Malachi Black. He probably wants to kick my head off. Rightfully so. Maybe he'll black miss me in the face, man. I don't know. I hope not. Malachi Black. Loving the work of Malachi Black. Ever since he joined AEW, he will go one-on-one with the Amazing Red in the main events of tomorrow's House of Glory for the glory. You guys can absolutely join in on that. Fight TV, $14.99. I hope to see you guys pick up the mobile device you're on or pick up your iPad, pick up your cable box, and join me in Salamonster tomorrow, 8 p.m., for the glory. Also on the card, Buddy Matthews, the former Buddy Murphy, another name that I'm very familiar with and a big fan of. He's going one-on-one with the Hitman, most dangerous man in New York, low-key, the House of Glory Crown Jewel Championship. That should be an absolute barn burner of a match. Can't wait to see what those two guys put together. Also, Cashflow, my boy Cashflow, Ken Broadway, was one-on-one with TJP in a grudge match. And we got another one of my boys, Charles Mason, the diabolical Charles Mason versus Evangel James of the House of Glory PD. Hog PD, man, that should be an excellent match. Two of my favorites in Hog, Evander and Charles Mason. That should be a barn burner as well. And we got a whole bunch of other stuff happening. We got the Bollywood boys showing up as well. No Jinder Mahal, though. They're not bringing Jinder Mahal, though, man. They're going... Into tag team action tomorrow night against my boys, the main event, Midas and Jay Lyon. Should be a great, great match as well. And then we got, uh, I believe, a suicidal six-way. And that will be uh, the round outs card for Hog for the glory, man. That's Fight TV. Make sure you guys go and check that out. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed. I want to thank everybody for showing your support for the Jeff Hardy video, man. Had a couple people in the community reach out to me saying that it was my best work to date, which I always appreciate. Thank you guys very much, man. Jeff Hardy is a uh, childhood favorite of not only me, but everybody. So go check that out. Jeff Hardy was fired by WWE. And the more I read about Jeff Hardy, man, the more I think he absolutely knew what he was doing. And he wanted out so badly that he pretty much got out. He turned down WWE rehab and they fired him for it. More and more I read it, man. The more and more it doesn't sit well with me. So go check that out as I talk about that for about 20 minutes on an emergency OTS Extra yesterday. All the other videos that you might have missed are on the channel as well. They are on the homepage. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Hit that thumbs up. I see 547 likes. We need at least 1,000 in the live stream chat tonight. Go check out bonfire.com for all your exclusive OTS merchandise. And today's show is brought to you by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. And that is code JD at checkout to get yourself a free sample. Start with SmackDown, man. SmackDown from Los Angeles, California at the Staples Center. Sami Zayn comes out. And I'm not a big fan of his theme. I miss his old theme, actually. I don't know why they changed his theme. 
I really don't. I know they want to move away from all the CFO theme music, but Sami Zayn's old theme music was still very heelish because it was ska music, and ska music is annoying. But Sami Zayn's got some new, uh, really, really, really generic theme music, and it doesn't fit him at all. He's wheeled out to the stage, and he's got a left leg brace that he's wearing. His neck is in a neck brace, and he's being wheeled to the ring by two male nurses. So Sami Zayn is selling the injuries from Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns last week. So we saw a video package of all this carnage that came down on Sami Zayn. Sami introduced himself as the toughest man in WWE history. He said it took the two most dominant athletes to put him in that wheelchair. He said it took both Reigns and Lesnar, two guys who can't stand each other, both work to make sure that Sami Zayn doesn't become the universal champion. I like that Sami Zayn boasted about himself and how tough he is that it took Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns to put him down. Sammy's a smart guy, man. Sammy's a very smart individual. I don't want to call it a conspiracy, but come on, he said. I was robbed. He said what really hurts the most wasn't the German suplexes and the F5s. It was the betrayal, he says. He said now he has to do something about it and stand by his convictions. I have to sue. It brings me no pleasure, but I have to sue. I'm going to sue Adam Pierce. I'm going to sue Sonya Deville. I'm going to sue the referee who rang the bell because that match should not have happened. I should still have my Universal Championship opportunity. I'm going to sue Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman, everybody who had anything to do with robbing me of my Universal Championship. Paul Heyman walks out to the ring. He's got a microphone in his possession. He's not with Roman Reigns. Paul Heyman says he is sorry they've been subjected to this spiel about suing and litigation from, of all people in the world, Sami Zayn. Someone held up a sign in the crowd in Los Angeles that said, Heyman will turn on Reigns at day one, which I will get into in a second. I'm not the only one that thinks that will happen. You're doing my people's shtick. My people do the litigating. My people own entertainment in Hollywood to begin with, meaning the Jewish people. Because Paul Heyman is proudly Jewish. Heyman stood mid-ring and said his name is Paul Heyman. Sammy said he wasn't done talking. Heyman shot Sammy a look, told him, listen, Paul, don't block my camera. Heyman, shh, to Sammy Zane. Sammy said, listen, Paul, you're blocking my goddamn shot. Heyman continued talking. Sammy then stood up from the wheelchair in a leg leg brace with his neck brace as well and said, listen, I am not finished talking. McAfee said, hallelujah, he can stand. Gotta love Pat McAfee, man, who signed a $30 million deal with FanDuel. Good for him, man, making that bank. He said he also happens to know Roman Reigns is not here tonight at SmackDown. Heyman says he's on a one-week sabbatical on the Isle of Samoa training for his day one match against Roman Reigns. Sammy said, well, I'm here, though, all alone, and I don't want to be disrespected. Told him to remember that neck brace or not, wheelchair or not, he is a world-class athlete who will rip 
his head off. Now he's threatening Paul Heyman. Sammy told Heyman that there is nobody to save him. There is nobody here to save you. Heyman backed into the corner of the ring, and then all of a sudden, Brock Lesnar's music hits. So, Lesnar walked out to the ring in overalls. He must have got done hunting in Saskatchewan. Fresh off the farm, right into Los Angeles, said Pat McAfee. Lesnar grabbed the chair at ringside and smashed the announce desk in anger. He entered the ring, and he sits eye to eye. Sammy Zayn, who was in his wheelchair, terrified for his life. Lesnar set up the chair, and Heyman looked petrified in the corner. He didn't say a single word yet. Lesnar said, the microphone! Because he wanted Paul Heyman to hand him the microphone. Heyman handed Lesnar the microphone. Lesnar was very happy tonight. He was all smiles this evening. Fans were chanting Suplex City. Lesnar sat on the chair, middle of the ring, eye to eye with Sammy Zayn. And asked Mr. Zane, how he's doing, buddy? How you doing, buddy? Brock, I'm not great, Sammy said. Lesnar laughed at his wheelchair and his male nurses. Are you kidding me? A male nurse is here, you're in a wheelchair. Well, what's going on, buddy? Sammy said, because of him, I'm in a wheelchair, and this is not funny. Shut your mouth, he says to Brock Lesnar. Sammy getting a little mouthy, a little testy with Brock Lesnar. Lesnar says they got off on the wrong foot. Lesnar apologized for last week. He said on a scale of 1 to 10, how much did it hurt? He asked Mr. Zane. Sammy said, 10, 10. The physical pain is a 10, but his feelings, they're a 20. Sammy Zane was mentally and physically and emotionally destroyed last week. Lesnar said, I feel it. I feel it. Lesnar then said they're both Canadians. Sammy then added, yes, we're Canadian alpha males, he said to Lesnar. Lesnar asked Sammy if he really thinks he could have defeated Reigns. Do you really think you could have defeated Roman Reigns last week? Sammy was thinking about it. He didn't really give an immediate answer. Lesnar said he did him a favor, though, because he wasn't going to beat Roman Reigns last week on SmackDown. Sammy said he's saying he was two steps ahead and injured him on the purpose so that Reigns' victory over him wouldn't really count. Lesnar said, yes, you're a smart kid. Lesnar asked, what part of Canada Sammy Zane is from? Sammy said, well, I'm from Montreal. Lesnar joked about things people say from Quebec From one Canadian alpha male to another, Lesnar said, I'd like to invite you to Saskatchewan. Sammy says, well, listen, I'm vegan. I don't want to go hunting. I don't want to go hunting in the woods for deer and moose, and I don't want to eat meat, right? Lesnar was inviting Sammy Zayn to Saskatchewan to have some fun. Go hunting, gut something, skin something, grill something, and then eat something. So he was inviting Sami Zayn to Saskatchewan. Lesnar said he should get out of Hollywood and let's go do something fun together. Sammy said it's not a bad idea. So Lesnar pushed his wheelchair and they were about to leave the ring and Sammy said he would like to think about it. Heyman took the microphone from Lesnar's hand as he was ushering Sami Zayn out of the ring 
And Haman yelled, what the hell am I looking at here? Oh my God. I must have spent too much time at the dispensary and the edibles that I've taken are kicking in. Three years ago, that would have been an automatic trip to Suplex City. And instead, I'm watching Canadian besties about to go moose hunting in freaking Saskatchewan instead of watching the beast, the conqueror, Lesnar, attacking Sammy Zayn. So Lesnar turned around and looked at Paul Heyman. It's almost like a fucking ring went off in his head. He completely changed his mentality. He absolutely destroyed Sami Zayn's nurses. He threw these nurses who were not small men by any means, threw them around as if he was ragdolling them. They looked like they might have suffered whiplash because of, of Lesnar. He took these guys and fucking manhandled them. And then he goes and takes Sami Zayn. He kicks Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn falls over in his wheelchair. He picks Zayn up and then gives him an F5. And Heyman was on the outside of the ring, smiling like he would used to when he would watch Brock Lesnar destroy anybody that he was in the ring left or in the ring with. Sami Zayn and Brock Lesnar were incredible in this segment. They are fantastic together. Sami Zayn is just incredible, period. But Lesnar, man, I'm enjoying this Lesnar. I really am. Heyman was great in this, too. All three of them were fantastic. Now, obviously, Lesnar was not going to be without that killer mentality going into the pay-per-view with Roman Reigns. And I read today... That Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns, the match that will happen at day one, is going to have a major, major, major ending on January 1. I don't know what that means, but apparently WWE has some big things going on with that Universal Championship match in three weeks. According to the Wrestling Reserve Newsletter, WWE is currently planning a quote-unquote big finish for the day one match between Lesnar and Roman Reigns. The report reads as follows. And I quote, at this point, Reigns versus Lesnar is scheduled to be a match designed to have a big finish that would leave people wanting a rematch, which at this point would be the WrestleMania main event. Reigns versus Lesnar is likely to be the biggest match that WWE puts on Right now, so having them main event WrestleMania 38 is a surprise to nobody. Now, with The Rock rumored for WrestleMania 39, we will likely be seeing Roman and Brock Lesnar feuding for the foreseeable future, perhaps with Drew McIntyre thrown in to not give it such a stale and repetitive feeling. So the Wrestling Observer Newsletter is saying that there will be a big finish. What the big finish is? Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, nobody at the Observer knows. The only ones that know are Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, and Brock Lesnar. And that is it. Now, we talked about this last week on the podcast, last Friday when I did the SmackDown coverage for last week's show. Drew McIntyre, he was not given an opportunity in that Black Friday battle royal. And that was another thing tonight. 
He beat Sheamus tonight in a very, relatively quick match. Did Drew McIntyre with a Claymore kick very decisively. And he confronted Adam Pearce about the Battle Royal and not being in the Battle Royal. Sonya Deville last week said it was Adam Pearce that made the list of entrants in the Battle Royal. Tonight, Adam Pearce said it was Sonya Deville. So obviously there is a uh, little bit of a miscommunication here. Drew McIntyre is going to be involved in this match. I don't know how he gets in. I don't know what they do. But Drew McIntyre is going to be a part of this feud with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Now, let's go over all the possible scenarios here. Number one, Roman Reigns could win. And it could be a fuck finish. Roman Reigns, I don't see. I would not like to see Roman Reigns walk into WrestleMania without the Universal Championship. I think it would derail... Roman Reigns and the feud that we're in right now, or not the feud, but the run, the reign that we're in for Roman Reigns. I don't want to see Roman Reigns lose the Universal Championship. I don't think that's the right creative decision. I think Roman Reigns should hold the championship and not lose it. I get that you need to do something to throw the fans off or give this run uh, a little bit of of an injection of sorts. But I don't want to see Roman Reigns lose the championship. This is all your fault. If WWE had planned better for Roman Reigns and had other people on the roster ready to go after Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, he would not be in a situation where he's only looking at Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre as potential opponents for the Universal Championship. Jeff Hardy was going to be one of those guys. Roman Reigns was all for a Jeff Hardy feud for the Universal Championship. Clearly, that cannot happen right now or ever. Because Jeff Hardy has been fired by WWE. So Roman Reigns, he retains the Universal Championship, which I think is the right decision. How you go about beating Lesnar a second time, I don't know. But I do not see Brock Lesnar losing again in a fuck finish at day one. We've already seen that at Crown Jewel. Lesnar can't take too many of those fuck finishes. You don't want Lesnar on his back too many times. It's not really good for anybody. And it's not good for Brock Lesnar. Lesnar can win the Universal Championship at day one, and that's probably the one thing that I'm leaning towards right now as far as what WWE is going to do. I think WWE is going to give the Universal Championship to Brock Lesnar at day one. That's what I think is going to happen. And I think Paul Heyman is going to turn on Roman Reigns. I think that is the big ending for day one and the universal title. And this is the thing. This is the thing. Lesnar wins the championship. Him and Heyman are back together. They are a heel duo. Roman Reigns turns babyface. Roman Reigns enters the Royal Rumble, wins the Royal Rumble, and then challenges Brock Lesnar again for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania, and Reigns beats Lesnar again at WrestleMania. That's another scenario. Now take that same scenario and add Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre gets into the main event of WrestleMania and makes it a triple threat match. Maybe Reigns pins McIntyre to win the Universal Championship back. I don't like any of these scenarios. I don't. I don't want Reigns to lose the championship Because why would you take somebody that's held the Universal Championship for 400 days, take it off of him, to only have him win it back at WrestleMania? 
The Universal Championship, if it goes to Brock Lesnar, is not staying on Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar will be going away after WrestleMania as he's only contracted to a very select number of matches. But why would we take the title off of Roman Reigns to inject difference into this feud when all it is is going to take Reigns and what he's done up until this point, erase it, and then you have to start all over again? You're there right now with Roman Reigns as champion. Why would you take the championship off of him? The big ending could be Drew McIntyre gets involved. He's so fucking fed up with this shit that he wants to cause chaos. And he Claymore kicks Brock Lesnar. And that's the big finish. Roman Reigns pins Brock Lesnar again thanks to Drew McIntyre. And then we get Brock Lesnar winning the Royal Rumble. Maybe that's another way to go about it. Maybe Drew McIntyre intervenes in the day one match, helps Reigns retain. Not that he wants to help Roman, but he's so fucking pissed off that he's not in anything. He goes after Brock. He claymores Brock. Reigns takes advantage, pins Brock again, retains the title. Brock so fucking pissed off, wins the Royal Rumble, and Roman Reigns makes a big stink. Listen, how many more times do I got to go up against this guy? This guy lost. Referee's decision is final. Lesnar enters the Royal Rumble, and he wins the Royal Rumble. Then he gets his match at WrestleMania, but the thing is, Drew McIntyre is also promised a Universal Championship match. I end up with a triple threat match. I do think it will end up as a triple threat match for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. And I said this because it's so simple. Drew McIntyre has absolutely nobody on that SmackDown roster that he's going to be feuding with going into WrestleMania. There's nobody on that roster that's going to make a legit WrestleMania match with Drew McIntyre. So he's almost by default having to be put in that situation. The other thing is, and I mentioned this last week, you know, WWE, I do think they want to repay Drew McIntyre for the pandemic and the fact that he beat Brock Lesnar in an empty gymnasium at WrestleMania. I do think they want to repay him. They want to get Lesnar and McIntyre back in the ring with a full capacity crowd just to kind of repay him. And what better way to do that than in AT&T Stadium in Dallas for the Universal Championship in a triple threat match. That way you get your Reigns and Lesnar main event, and then you also pay back to Drew McIntyre. Here's your main event spot with Lesnar. It's a triple threat match. It's not a one-on-one match, but you're in there with Lesnar in the main event. And then you get that Drew and Lesnar dynamic as well. There's a couple of things to go about it, but I honestly do think that it's either going to be one of two things. And if you look up and down the Monday Night Raw and the SmackDown roster, the way they have shaped these rosters, there is legitimately nobody that is good enough to win the Royal Rumble. Nobody. Anybody like a Lashley or guys like that, a Kevin Owens, boring. Nobody wants Lashley to win the Royal Rumble. It's either going to be Reigns or Lesnar winning the Royal Rumble. Whoever walks out as champion, whoever walks out as champion at day one, the loser is going to win the Royal Rumble. That's what I think is going to happen. And I think Drew McIntyre gets in because he's going to force his way in. I don't want Drew McIntyre to win the Royal Rumble either. We've seen that. We've seen that. 
I don't want to say, hey, and, and I'm not saying we haven't seen Reigns win the Royal Rumble or Lesnar win the Royal Rumble. You know, Lesnar winning the Royal Rumble would be at least different in the last couple of years of Royal Rumble winners. Drew McIntyre just recently won a Royal Rumble a couple years ago. I don't want to see him win another Royal Rumble so soon thereafter. So let me know what you guys think in the chat. Let me know what you guys think in the chat. What is going to happen at day one? Do you think Reigns is going to win and retain the title, or do you think Lesnar is going to take the title off of Roman Reigns on January 1? Now, if you're asking me what I would do, I would have Walter enter the Royal Rumble, and I would have Walter win the Royal Rumble, and then I would book Walter versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, and Walter beats Roman Reigns. That's what I would do. That's the only guy I want to see beating Roman Reigns. I don't want to see Lesnar beat Roman Reigns. You've gotten Roman Reigns to this point, and it's almost as if you built all of these days up as Universal Champion for nothing. You've collected all these souls, and you're giving it to Brock Lesnar? That doesn't really speak to me as creatively building others up around your Universal Champion. And WWE fucked up this Roman Reigns run, man. They had us all fooled. They took us for granted, and they took us for fools, man. Seriously. Roman Reigns' run should have been building others up around him as well. And it seems like Roman Reigns and the creative here is very one-sided. They're looking to make Roman Reigns the greatest of all time and bury everybody else along the way. Legitimately, nobody else has looked good for it. They've looked good in theory. They've looked good in storyline. They've looked good in matches. But what does WWE do when they put somebody with Roman Reigns after they're done? They go right back to where they were at the fucking table. Kevin Owens went right back to where he was. Nothing came about with Kevin Owens. Cesaro went right back to where he was. Everybody else went right back to where they were. None of it worked. WWE had a golden opportunity to make so many different guys with the way Roman Reigns was booked, and they neglected everybody. So how good is this Roman Reigns run going to be? It may be good for Reigns, but is it good for the overall health of the roster and the overall health of WWE? The answer is no. I was a big fan of this run. I am not that big of a fan of this run anymore. Just because of the way WWE has buried everybody else along the way. It's not really working out the way I envisioned. That's what I think is going to happen. Whoever walks out as day one universal champion, the loser wins the Royal Rumble. Jeff Hardy. Roman Reigns was all for a Jeff Hardy feud and a Jeff Hardy match. He was completely on board with a program. This is a ringside news exclusive. Coming from their website, ringside news asked around about a report saying that Hardy turned down an offer for rehab prior to his release. Ringside news was told by a tenured member of the writing team That the report is the same I heard internally. Jeff Hardy was not a problem backstage. Ringside News were explicitly told that Jeff Hardy was not an issue. WWE also noticed what kind of reactions Jeff Hardy was getting. And he was being considered for a much larger role in the main event scene. Jeff was not an issue. In fact, there was talk amongst the writers that Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman were completely on board with working a match with Jeff 
at either the Royal Rumble in January or Saudi Arabia in February. Jeff Hardy planted seeds for an eventual match against Roman Reigns. Sadly, that match will not take place now. Jeff Hardy has an update on his release and when he will be able to become a free agent. Now, in an update, WWE officials reportedly offered rehab to Jeff Hardy following the incident in Edinburgh, Texas, but he refused. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter adds that Hardy was fully aware that if he refused the help of World Wrestling Entertainment, then the company would have to take action. The decision was then to let Hardy go instead of suspend him. He was given a 90-day non-compete where he will be paid through Wednesday, March 9th. At that point, Hardy will become a free agent and able to work with whoever he wants. It remains to be seen if AEW or Impact will be interested in signing Hardy due to the nature of his WWE release and the fact that he refused to accept treatment. First of all, again, I want to thank everybody for showing your overwhelming support for my extra yesterday. The more, the more I read about this, the more I read about this, the more I wonder what happened with this Jeff Hardy situation. Now, I'm going to stay true to what I said in yesterday's extra. Jeff Hardy needs to concentrate on Jeff Hardy. The fans need to put away this AEW and WWE fucking battle back and forth. This should not be a talk about professional wrestling, okay? Even though Matt Hardy today said that 2022 was going to be extremely something. It's going to be great. And he used the word extreme, but he didn't use E as you would usually spell extreme. He used X like you would see in team extreme. We all know where Hardy is going when he is a free agent after 90 days. I don't know why we need to talk about this now. The one thing that Hardy needs to do is make sure that he's completely clean and on the right path. He needs to spend time with his family. He needs to rest, recuperate, and rest his body. He needs to spend time with his family during the holidays and worry about what is most important to him, and that is his family, his wife, his kids, his brother, and his family. That's it. Spend time this holiday season looking back on how lucky you are that you've made it to this point, battling your demons, overcoming your demons, And be grateful for an opportunity that may still end up presenting itself with AEW and Tony Khan. We all know he's going there. But that should not be on the list of priorities for people when they talk about Jeff Hardy. You should not be booking dream matches. You should not be talking about him ending up over there a day after he was let go. But the more I read about this story, I wonder... And this is not out of the realm of possibility. This is completely plausible. And I'm not the only one in the community that thinks this and thinks this may be what exactly happened. Jeff Hardy may be clean. You heard reports, the reports from Ringside News. Hardy was not a problem backstage. Hardy was not a problem backstage at all. Hardy was monitored by WWE. Hardy worked house shows in Edinburgh, Texas, and Corpus Christi, Texas. 
I don't believe for a single second that WWE let that man go out there and work while under the influence of alcohol or drugs. I don't believe it for a second. Would he be drinking in his extracurricular time or his his off time on the road after a show? Maybe. Everybody likes to indulge in a drink. Should Jeff Hardy be drinking? No, of course not. He should not be drinking. But, but, But was he under the influence of alcohol or drugs while he went out there? I don't think so. That much I am pretty confident. I don't think WWE would allow him to do that. They are so eagle-eyed nowadays over everything. I I don't think they're they're about to let Jeff Hardy go out there like that. I think Jeff Hardy manipulated the system and acted as if he was fatigued and under the influence. And then he walked away because he said, what would it take for me to remove myself from this situation? Just get up and walk into the crowd. And pretend like I'm fucking under the influence. Walk out of the walk out of the arena. Walk into the fans, disappear, and never come back. Then we hear that WWE offered him rehab. And he declined it. And maybe he was thinking, well, if they offer me rehab, I'm going to say no. Because they think I'm trouble. And they'll have no choice but to either suspend me or fire me. And they ended up firing him. And now he's a free agent in 90 days. This story is very weird. Very, very weird. But at the end of the day, my thoughts and prayers are with Jeff Hardy. I don't want him to relapse. I don't want him to go and risk anything right now. This is actually a good thing for Jeff Hardy. He's home with his family now. During the holidays. He's going to look back on his time. He's going to spend the holidays with his brother. Matt's not going to let anything happen to him. And if he does end up in AEW, I don't think he will be a issue and his drinking and his drugs and the demons of his past. I don't think they would be an issue because he will be with Matt and Matt's not going to allow that to happen. I need you guys to put away the AEWWE thing and not talk about that right now. But the possibility of him ending up over there It's on everybody's mind, I know. I know Tony Khan wants it. We know he's ending up over there. But when he does, he's probably going to be the happiest he's been because he's going to be with his brother. And Matt's not going to let anything happen to him. So that's the latest on Jeff Hardy. Roman wanted to work with him. Roman would not work with Jeff Hardy if Jeff Hardy was a fucking drug addict, alcoholic that relapsed. Not going to happen. Roman would not be working with him on that house show match if Roman thought he was a problem. There's things here that don't add up. They don't add up. I feel like Hardy manipulated the situation. I really do. And if he did, good on him. He got out of a fucking problem. He didn't want to be there anyway. Moving on with SmackDown, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. My boy Rick Boogs versus Los Lotharios, Angel Garza, and Humberto Carrillo. This match went two minutes. Boogs and Nakamura win. 
I don't know why we're getting Boogs and Nakamura in tag team action when Shinsuke Nakamura is the Intercontinental Champion, Bruce. I want you guys to understand something. Shinsuke Nakamura has been Intercontinental Champion for four months. He's defended the title once in four months. I have to ask, and I, and I mean this from every fiber of my being. Why is Shinsuke Nakamura the Intercontinental Champion if he's only defended it once in four months? Is this what we really think about the Intercontinental title? Is this what we think about Shinsuke Nakamura? Don't you think Shinsuke Nakamura should be somewhere, I don't know, a little bit higher in the WWE on the card or as far as priorities go? He's the Intercontinental Champion. This is the third most important title in the entire fucking company. Yet Shinsuke Nakamura is holding it and keeping it warm for what? For who? You know... When Shinsuke Nakamura loses that title, you do realize that whoever takes that title from Shinsuke Nakamura will be inheriting nothing. They will be inheriting a ice-cold title that will not benefit the new owner. Because the title is dead. How could you expect the winner of the Intercontinental title, whoever wins it from Nakamura, to be better because he's Intercontinental Champion if Nakamura has done nothing with the Intercontinental Championship. This is basic fucking logic, Bruce. But here we are neglecting the title. Maybe all these years that Bruce has worked for Vince, he's had it out for the Intercontinental Championship. Why? Oh, that's right. You hate professional wrestling, and the Intercontinental Championship is looked at as the workhorse championship. Oh my God, it must have slipped my mind. How could I fucking forget? Get it off of him and put it on somebody that's going to do something with it. And what a way to treat your new up-and-coming tag team, losing in two minutes. Hope Angel Garza is happy by signing that new WWE extension that is rumored to have happened. Sure, he's happy, though, because he's making money. Kofi Kingston, Ricochet, Drew Gulak, Mansoor. You know, Ricochet, Gulak, and Mansoor, the Viking Raiders were there as well. This is the catering crew. They were all out of catering, and they were waiting for Titus to uh, take the mashed potatoes off the stovetop. They were all standing around, and they were standing around something that was draped in a purple cloth. And Kofi Kingston was about to unveil something that he said is not going to happen just yet, but it has to do with your King Xavier Woods. So King Woods walked in. Kofi said today is a very special day because Woods has a new crown. Kofi pulled off the cloth and said, behold, we got a new crown. It looks better than the old crown, but it looks like it's made of cheap plastic, and something that you'd once again find on the discount shelf at Kmart. Are they still around, Kmart? No, right? I remember I used to go to Kmart all the time, man, at Bay Plaza in the Bronx. I don't know if that's there anymore. No? I haven't been to the Bronx, man. It's a fucking shithole. Fuck the Bronx. 
I shop at Target, man. That's where you got to go shop, man. Target. Anyway, shit looks cheap. King Woods is cringe. So is Zelina. These king and queen gimmicks are fucking cringe. Get it off TV. He said it was forced from donated unicorn horns. And he put it on his head. It looked very cartoonish. I don't care. King Woods, to me, is absolutely as cringe as Becky Lynch. So we got Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is uh, obviously wanting a universal championship match. They replayed Sheamus breaking the news to Drew that he didn't make the cut, which led to Drew interrupting the Battle Royal, swinging his sword in the ring. They showed a clip last week of Sonya Deville telling Drew that Adam Pearce made the list and not her. So take it up with him. So we see Adam Pearce in his quote-unquote office, oblivious to what is going on, and Drew McIntyre walked in with his sword. Pearce said, listen, Sonya Deville made the list, which was then approved by a higher authority. Who this higher authority is, I don't know. Pierce said the higher authority has also made a ruling that he can't bring the sword to the ring tonight. Drew left. He then took the sword and drove the sword into the center of the desk. And Adam Pierce was terrified that Drew McIntyre would do such a thing. Sasha Banks. She approached Tony Storm backstage. And told her that Charlotte says she's not on her level. But she's trained all over the world and has mastered all of those styles. She said there's never been a hybrid competitor like her in WWE before. She said she's known Charlotte for a long time. And she's never seen her so embarrassed and angry as she was last week, says Sasha. Storm said, you know, they say piebacks a bitch. Still bringing up the pies, huh, Bruce? Oh, listen, I know you love pies. I mean, just take a look at you. You've had many a pie in your day, Bruce. But why do we need to keep bringing up the fact that Tony Storm was fucking cream-pied and looked like a goddamn fucking Pornhub thumbnail? I get it. We know how you spend your extracurricular activities, man. Pie back's a bitch, she said. Sasha did her uh, fake laugh. That weird laugh she does. Not a fan. Sasha told her when Charlotte makes a mistake in the ring, it will be Tony time. It can be Tony time any time of the day. You guys know that. Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre. This was very quick. Actually, not that quick. It went about 10 minutes or so. It wasn't that bad, but uh, I mean... We've never seen this one before, right? How many times have we seen this one on Monday nights? I'm over it. SmackDown is not in a good place right now. Sheamus comes out by himself. No Ridge Holland. No Ridge Holland, man. Ridge Holland is uh, about to be released on the next round of cuts by Nick Khan. This now makes three weeks since he lost to Cesaro. One-on-one, and then was eliminated by Cesaro in the Black Friday Battle Royal. So, 
Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre's out there with Sheamus and no Rich Holland. Comes out with no sword. So the sword was still on the desk. Sheamus and Drew went right at it with aggressive strikes, chops by Drew. Sheamus counted uh, the countdown for the 10 big shots across the chest, which sounded brutal, man. When Sheamus got those big forearm shots across the chest of Drew McIntyre, my God, man, they were ringing out. The microphones around, around the ring were on max. Let me tell you. So... Drew fell to the floor after the 10 shots. Sheamus dove at him with a clothesline. Drew ducked and then gave Sheamus a belly-to-belly suplex on the mat outside. Drew McIntyre landed a future shock DDT. Kip up. He set up for Claymore with the 3-2-1. Sheamus caught him with a knee. Got a pinfall attempt on that. Scored a two. They exchanged some headbutts. And then Drew McIntyre came out of nowhere with a Claymore kick for the win. And that was it. Drew McIntyre wins in about 10 minutes. And he continues to rack up victories, does Drew McIntyre. Sheamus, you know, you could look at Sheamus' body of work and say that he was pretty fucking great coming out of Monday Night Raw, man. And I feel like this is just a poor use of Sheamus on SmackDown. And the fact that there's no Rich Holland, I, I don't like, I don't like the fact that Rich Holland has not been seen on television. And, and while we're at it, where's Shotzi Blackheart? Where is Shotzi Blackheart, Bruce? Shotzi is absolutely on the cut list for Nick Khan. Garen fucking T. This woman was turned heel and she was feuding with Sasha Banks and then she was removed from television. Why? Why? I'd love to know why. It's fucking crazy, man. It is absolutely crazy. McIntyre wins in 11 minutes with a Claymore kick. Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. They were seen backstage with Adam Pierce's table with the sword still stuck in the table. They were stealing the table with the sword in it. So now I'm assuming that Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss are now in the possession of McIntyre's sword. Great. Cheesy skits coming up, leading up to Christmas and New Year's, no question. Caleb Braxton met Paul Heyman backstage. He was leaving the arena because Roman Reigns wasn't there. She smiled and He turned and said, please, please, stop doing that. Stop doing that. She asked earlier that she asked Brock Lesnar his reason for what he did. And Lesnar said, well, why don't you go ask Paul Heyman? He's my advocate. So Heyman then leaned in and said, please stop doing that as well. Okay? Good night. That wasn't a denial, but he walked away. She asked how Reigns would react to what happened tonight. Heyman stood at her again and took a breath, blinked, and then walked away completely. He didn't say no. He didn't say no. Naomi. Naomi versus Sonya Deville. We saw the entire video package highlighting this. 
Sonya Deville and Naomi story on SmackDown. So we got this match. It never really took place. The match never got started. Maybe they save it for day one. Maybe we get a tag team match of sorts at day one with Sonya and Shayna versus Naomi and Zia Lee. I don't know. This is where Zia Lee made her debut. Naomi had a long-winded entrance. She said she knows she's about to fight DeVille tonight. She knows what she's about to do to Sonya tonight. She told her to come out and get this glow. Where are you at? DeVille made her way, and she was actually in wrestling gear. And this was her first match in 16 months. So DeVille asked for a microphone. She said they'd get to the match, but first she has a couple of surprises. Of course she does. Of course she does. She never doesn't have a surprise. She introduced Natalia as the special guest ring announcer. Nobody gives a shit about Natalia being a ring announcer. She then introduced Shayna Baszler as the guest timekeeper, and she even had a stop clock or stopwatch. Nobody gives a shit about Shayna Baszler being the special timekeeper. Naomi attacked Baszler at ringside. She was so pissed off. Then she attacked Natalia, took both of them out. Now it was down to a one-on-one. So Sonya's fan, uh, Sonya's plan, rather, not fan, Sonya's plan was looking like it was falling apart. So Sonya jumped to ringside to avoid Naomi and ordered Natalia and Baszler to jump back into the ring and kick Naomi's ass. So all of a sudden we see Zia Lee debut on SmackDown. She gets this big ring entrance. She walked out. They were claiming she was the protector. She is the protector. Zia Lee. They added this virtual reality kind of special effect deal where it looked like it was blue lightning shooting out of her body. And she had all this like glitter all over herself. She was swinging the katana blades that she comes out with. And she's doing the whole spiel in the aisle way. She gets in the ring. She's got this serious look on her face. She worked alongside Naomi, fighting off Natalia and Baszler. DeVille snuck in and tried to blindside Naomi while all this was happening, but Naomi saw her coming. DeVille was trapped between Naomi and Zaya. They landed some strikes before Natalia and Baszler pulled DeVille out of the ring to safety. So Zaya Lee was out there. She protected Naomi. Naomi bowed to Zaya Lee saying, thank you. Zaya Lee bowed back to Naomi. And this was a sign of respect between the both women. I don't really understand why we don't have DeVille and Naomi just move on from this. Like, I I don't understand. Like, I get you need to have day one matches and you want those real big day one matches. But, I, I mean, I don't think anybody legitimately cares. Now you included Zia Lee in this. Who cares? Who cares? This feud was dying to begin with. And then this is how you introduce Zia Lee. I don't know why you immediately have to throw her into something that really is on the outs as it sits anyway. Why, why doesn't Zia Lee get her own match and build up Zia Lee as somebody that's an individual on the main roster? Why do we bring these women and all of a sudden you want to pair them with other women immediately on the roster? 
I don't get it. Does nobody have a sense of individuality? Does nobody want to win matches on their own and go after the big prize that Charlotte Flair is holding? Why does everybody need to be paired with somebody else? I don't get it. Sonya Deville. Is she ever going to wrestle again? I'd love to see her wrestle. That's another decent talent that you've taken away from the women's division right now that sorely needs new faces. We should get this over with, really. I don't know why you don't have Sony Deville come up with another excuse to call off the match. Isn't she authority? Didn't she say last week that when she's wearing the suit, she has all the authority? She made this match. Why can't she just call the match off? Why do we have to go through all these ins and outs? It's not funny anymore. It's not entertaining. I give Zia Lee four weeks. She ain't going to do shit on the main roster. Garen fucking T. She might have had a decent little intro for herself, but there's no way anybody could get invested or excited about Zia Lee. Seeing what they've done to Tony Storm and Shotzi Blackheart's been taken off TV. Aaliyah hasn't even had a fucking one-on-one match yet. Tegan Knox was fired. What exactly do you think Zia Lee's going to do? She's the protector of what? She's the protector of the fucking strawberry cheesecake that Titus and Dana Brooke put out on Catering Stable. That's exactly what she's the protector of or will be the protector of. It's funny that she calls herself the protector. I hear there are a couple of thieves in catering that like to steal the last piece without asking anybody if they want it. She'll fit in perfectly in catering. Matt Riddle backstage with R.K. Burrow. And he introduced Randy Orton to the crew from Jackass on MTV. If you guys remember Jackass, Johnny Knoxville, Jackass. Riddle says he's been watching them forever. Ha ha ha, that's the name of your new movie, Jackass Forever, right? He asked them for advice since they're used to getting thrown around. One of the guys there in the Jackass crew, Party Boy, said to stay lubricated. Oh, you don't got to ask Bruce to stay lubricated. I hear he's lubricated all the time, man. Riddle asked Orton if he's got anything to say. Orton said no and walked away because he didn't want to be a part of this nonsense. Johnny Knoxville said his nuts are wound up tighter than nuts on a new bridge. McAfee then shilled the new Jackass movie. And that was that. Another uh, B-level movie getting promoted over WWE storylines. Excellent. Charlotte versus Tony Storm. This is a championship contenders match. A championship contenders match. I need to tell you guys something that is boiling in the fucking lower doldrums of my stomach. Okay? Championship contenders matches need to die in a fucking fire. Okay? They need to die in a fucking fire. And if you ask me to piss out the flames... I'd fucking pour more gasoline on it and watch that motherfucker burn into the night sky, bro. They need to absolutely be abolished from WWE television. Because this match 
was the absolute reason why we need to fucking get rid of championship contenders matches. First of all, I don't know who's watching me, but they don't make any sense. Why would you put a champion in a position to have to lose on TV in a non-title match? Number one, why would you put the challenger in a position to lose in a non-title match to a champion when it should be that challenger building themselves up in the division that they're in, winning matches over other women, and then they are gifted a championship match against the champion at a later date, say, a pay-per-view. Or am I not speaking English, Bruce? What's the problem here? What's the problem here? Why did we need this match only for it end or it to end in a DQ. Why? Because Tony Storm obviously can't take a loss, right? And Charlotte, for the reasons that I just mentioned, clearly can't take a loss, right? So why book the match, knowing that you have nothing more than a DQ ending waiting for you at the end of the tunnel? That's exactly what you got here. This match was fucking terrible. Terrible. Miscommunication left and right. Match went three minutes. It had rough spots throughout. A weak finish. And a moonsault that was absolutely embarrassing to the sport of professional wrestling. Flair had the early advantage. Storm quickly took over. She caught Flair with a crossbody that looked nice for a two count. Fans were breaking out into a very light let's go Tony chant in Los Angeles. Flair fought back, went for the moonsault off the top rope. Tony Storm moved. Flair landed on her feet and hit a standing moonsault. And in the moment, Tony Storm rolled onto her stomach to avoid the moonsault. The moonsault of Flair went for the pin with Storm still on her stomach. There was a major miscommunication on that spot. Tony must have not known that she did not need to roll over on her stomach because Charlotte was going to miss the moonsault. And then I guess she was going to do the standing moonsault and go right for the cover in the standing moonsault. But Tony rolled the other way. Charlotte overshot it. And then she went for the cover on Tony Storm, but Tony Storm was laying on her stomach. This was absolutely embarrassing. And I urge anybody that is producing Charlotte Flair matches, cut the fucking moonsault from her matches. Please. Please. It is horrendous. I've never seen anything so fucking terrible in my entire life. I swear to God. And when people want to tell me Charlotte Flair is the best of all time, I look at this, and that is a huge blemish on your so-called best of all time. Why is she doing aerial maneuvers? Why? I don't get it. It never looks good. She never hits it on anybody, but here she is doing the moonsault, and she misses it 99% of the fucking time. You'd be lucky if she fucking hits it. Oh, but it looks great in execution. No, it doesn't. It looks fucking terrible. 
Awful. Now, I said this before, I'm going to say it again. She does a great Spanish fly. At least she has hold of her opponent, and they're both going off the top row backwards at the same fucking time. I don't know why she doesn't do the Spanish fly. She's done it before, and it's looked great. But the moonsault and this missing of the moonsault only for you to do the standing moonsault into a pin that Andrade, your fiancé, does. I don't give a fuck if you're paying homage to your fiancé. Give me a break. You don't do it nearly as good as him. And cut the back elbow shit out as well. You're not fucking El Idolo. Be your own wrestler and stop copying your fiancé, which, by the way, geeks, they are still together. Andrade called everybody fake news that reported it, and he is claiming that they're still together. So take that as you wish. I I don't know. So she missed the moonsault. Storm then fired up, rolled up Flair for a near fall. She then used a small package. And the match ended with Charlotte Flair getting so upset that she drove Tony into the steel post and she drove Tony into the steel post and and then did not adhere to the referee's count. And she was disqualified. That was it. She stomped away at her until the ref called for the bell. Charlotte did not break before the five. And that was it. That was it. So Tony Storm getting a championship contenders match against the champion. She did not look good at all. Meanwhile, this is a match that should have been something for a foundation for Tony Storm to get a couple of reps in against Charlotte Flair. Look good while doing it. Come close and then maybe do a DQ. But no. Nah. Now, they want to give us these matches that don't make sense, and then they want to take the easy way out with the fucking outcome, and nothing about it sits well with me. It's a complete waste of time. It's a complete waste of time. You miss 100% of the moonsault. You miss 100% of the moonsaults. You don't try. Charlotte should not be doing moonsaults, period. I, I don't know why we, we, we are getting Charlotte doing moonsaults when they are absolutely horrendous every single time. The Spanish fly is fine. Get the woman to do the Spanish fly. We do not need Charlotte doing moonsaults. Lesnar. He went to Adam Pierce and he confronted Adam Pierce. He was writing in his notebook backstage and Lesnar walks in, intimidating Adam Pierce. Pierce asked about that uh, suspension that he gave him. Yeah, yeah, I was suspended. I was suspended. He said, listen, I never had an opportunity to thank you about that suspension. I wanted to come and thank you. So he understands that the $1 million that you find me went to charity. That's good. He said because of his suspension, he had a little time off during that time. He got to enjoy what he loves. He got to hunt and he scored a giant moose. So the moose that he killed was 2,000 pounds. He then took out his flip phone and tried to show Adam Pierce a picture on his flip phone, but Brock couldn't access the picture, and then he ended up breaking the flip phone. I'm surprised Brock had a phone, period. He broke the flip phone. He snapped it in half. He said he gutted the moose, and there must have been 225 pounds of guts that spilled out everywhere. He said he then butchered it, skinned it, and ate it. 
He said moose has a very distinctive taste. He enjoys it. It's a delicacy. He thanked Adam Pierce, and then he, he said he even named the moose after Adam Pierce. He named the moose Pierce as he hung the moose's head in the cabin that he lives in. And he named it after Adam Pierce, naming it Pierce. So he wants to be reminded of how well the suspension went from every time he sees the moose head on his wall and who was responsible for it. Adam Pierce was slapped on the back by Brock Lesnar and he walked away petrified of the beast incarnate. Awesome segment. Lesnar was on fire tonight, man. The Usos. Jimmy and Jay Uso, SmackDown Tag Team Champions, RK Bro, the Raw Tag Team Champions. It's Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. And the New Day. This is Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. I don't understand why this match took place tonight. Fans were into it. The match was fine because I don't expect these six men to put on a bad match together. But my question is with... With this main event, we got RK Broke coming over from Monday Night Raw, and we got the Usos in the New Day in a tag team match when they're going to be wrestling at day one. You know, the more we see the Usos in the New Day, the less interested I am in seeing whatever match you guys got planned at day one. Nothing was mentioned about a brand-to-brand invitational. Nothing was mentioned about why they're there. All that was mentioned was, who's the best tag team in WWE? How was that? That was the reason for this match. The reason why this match happened was because WWE needed to generate interest on a dying product that did not include Roman Reigns. That's why they were there. Don't let it fool you. Okay? Now, my question is, if this is the best that you got, as far as your tag teams in WWE, and then you got your Alpha Academies and your Viking Raiders and your Ray and Dominic Mysterios and your Street Profits, right? And your Los Lotharios teams. Why don't we just end this charade, end this fucking part of the brand split, and get these tag team titles and merge the divisions together? Why don't we just create a unified WWE Tag Team Championship? You clearly don't give a shit to build your divisions on Raw and SmackDown to be anything but fucking mediocre. There's no effort that goes into the division. We see the same fucking matches every single goddamn week. We got Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode wrestling every fucking week against RK-Bro. We got now the Usos and the New Day wrestling again for the 16th fucking time. You do nothing to build up anybody else in the division but these three teams and maybe... The Street Profits. You're about to break up AJ Styles and Omas. Thank Christ. You do nothing to make your divisions feel special or competitive. So what the fuck are we doing on a weekly basis? Most of your builds for your tag team matches consist of taking the champions and then putting them in singles matches against the challengers on the other team. 
And you do that rinse and repeat for four weeks, and then we get to the pay-per-view, and then you have a match, and they're still fucking feuding after that. Omos and AJ Styles have been feuding with RK-Bro for four fucking months. Why? Because your divisions are dead. So you want to invite RK-Bro to SmackDown, right? Why don't we just end this bullshit and merge the fucking divisions? You know, your women's tag team titles can float from Raw to SmackDown, SmackDown to Raw, and do that whenever they want. Why can't we do that with the tag team titles in the men's? Why is it one rule for the women, and then it doesn't apply to the men's tag team division? Meanwhile, you got absolutely no division in the women's division. No tag teams. But you got all these tag teams in WWE, and none of them are used. You use the same teams every single fucking week. Nobody else gets over but the Usos, the New Day, and RK-Bro. That's it. And maybe the Street Profits. Maybe the Street Profits. So what are we doing? Please, for the love of God, change it. New Day had an advantage early. They isolated Riddle. Riddle and Woods shredded some Great forearm shots until Jey Uso made a blind tag. Uso's jumped in. They beat down the New Day and RK-Bro. They sent the New Day and RK-Bro to the floor. They had double suiciders through the ropes. We got a commercial break. Kingston hit a crossbody on Jay for a near fall. Riddle made a blind tag, scored a near fall on Jay. We want Randy. We want Randy, says Los Angeles. Usos dragged Riddle into that corner. Orton jumped into the ring. Referee pushed him out. So they obviously they were building towards the hot tag for Randy Orton. Riddle tried to tag Randy, but Jay pulled him off the apron. Crowd booed. Jay missed the splash in the corner. Riddle went to go make the uh, the tag. Jay cut him off. Riddle fought back. Went for the tag again. Jimmy pulled Orton off the apron. Fans booed. They were really wanting Orton to get into the match. And Riddle fought back against the Usos. He went for the tag again. Kingston, though, tagged in. Jumped off Riddle's back. Knocked Orton off the apron. New Day isolated Riddle again. So Riddle was the one being beaten down here. More We Want Randy chants. Riddle and Woods shredded chops. Riddle fought back. Rocked Woods with a big knee. Followed with a Pele kick on Kingston. Orton finally got the hot tag. Ran wild on the Usos. He avoided a drop kick from Woods. Gave him a back suplex on the announce table. Orton then gave Kingston a back suplex on the announce table as well. Orton gave Jay a draping DDT. Jay recovered, went for a splash, but Orton avoided, and Jay rolled through. Woods made the blind tag. Orton hit the RKO on Jimmy. Jay then took Orton out with a super kick. New Day took over. Hit a backbreaker foot stomp combo on Jay for the win. And the New Day beat the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. SmackDown Tag Team Champions lose a non-title match in the main event of SmackDown. I I don't understand it. Why must the champions lose on television in order to put the New Day over? I don't get it. The New Day already have a tag team title match at day one. Why do they need to beat the tag team champions in this non-title situation when they already have a tag team title match at day one. Why must champions lose on television? That's what I want to know. Would you do that to rated RK-Bro? Or RK-Bro, whatever. 
Would you do that to RK, bro? No, of course you wouldn't. Would you do that to Roman Reigns? No, you wouldn't. So why do the Usos always get the short end of the stick? I don't understand this yet. Main event was fine. The division itself needs to be overhauled and we need to talk about merging the divisions and the titles and getting a true tag team division. There's no reason why RK Bro is on SmackDown and no reason was given. Oh, just enjoy them for being on the show. No, I want to know why the fuck that they're there. Meanwhile, you got a brand split, a dedicated roster split, and then WWE telling me that SmackDown and Raw at Survivor Series is the only night of the fucking year where you get to see these two brands do warfare. Meanwhile, we got RK-Bro on SmackDown legitimately four weeks after the fucking Survivor Series. Fucking ridiculous, man. Anyway, check the chat, man. Got 2,100 in the venue on your Friday night. Thank you so much, man. We got 823 likes. Bro, if we got 2,100 people in the venue, I need to see at least 1,000 likes. I need to see at least 1,000 likes. So if you guys are here and have not hit that thumbs up, do that right now, man. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Continue to hit that join button as well. Become a VIP right here on OTS. You guys get access to those emotes and those badges in the chat. And make sure you guys support my sponsor for today's show, man. Blue Chew. Winter is coming. Legitimately. And you guys, I know you're going to be cold. I know you're going to be waiting for Santa Claus. And I know you guys got that big old Christmas gift wrapped up nice for your partner. That's where Blue Chew comes into play, man. Guys, confidence can take you a long way. It also can help in the bedroom, especially when it comes to stepping up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. But these are chewable tablets and they come at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. You guys can plan ahead. Be ready when the, whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is very simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com. You consult with one of their licensed online medical providers. And once you are approved, your prescription is going to arrive in days. The best part, it's all done online. No doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepare and ship direct to your door in a very discreet package guys listen they say first impressions are important so why not why not give those lasting impressions especially this holiday season and we got a special deal for all of our listeners tonight man bluechew.com you guys can try it for free using code jd at checkout all you guys got to do is pay the five dollars shipping and handling that's bluechew.com promo code jd to receive your first month free And I want to thank them once again for supporting the podcast this Friday night for your SmackDown and AEW post show right here on Off the Script. AEW Rampage, man. AEW Rampage, let's get into it. Show started off right at the top. No introductions. Lucha Brothers with Alex Abrahantes beating FTR. 
with Tully Blanchard to retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. This was a very good match. Very good match. I actually almost enjoyed this match more than what they did at all at uh, Full Gear Show. I almost enjoyed this match more than what they did at Full Gear. The Phoenix and Dax started out. Cash Wheeler ran in to try and interfere here, but Phoenix was able to handle both of them. Nice to see Phoenix back. He was off TV last week because of visa issues. They played it off as a storyline injury, but he's back now. Penta got the tag. Phoenix came off the top of his shoulders with a big splash. Wheeler and Penta were in the ring. They were legal. Wheeler interrupted Penta's glove gimmick when he was taken off the glove and wound up eating a super kick. Phoenix got a blind tag in, came off the top rope with a cross body, sent him flying out to the floor. On the floor, Hardwood threw Phoenix into the ring apron, and FTR took control of the match. So we got a commercial break. Phoenix is getting beat down. He got the hot tag eventually to Penta. And hit both members of FTR with sling blades, did both Penta and Phoenix. And a lung blower on Hardwood as well. Penta hit Wheeler with a made in Japan for a near fall, which is nothing more than a uh, phantom driver like Santos Escobar does. So that was nice. Uh, Phoenix tried to go up top for the spike pile driver, but Tully Blanchard got on the apron to distract. Phoenix knocked Blanchard to the floor. Harwood hit a slingshot Liger bomb on Phoenix. That looked great for a near fall. Wheeler tried to hit Phoenix with one of the AAA title belts, but Phoenix caught him. He pulled the belt away from Wheeler and inadvertently hit Harwood. Phoenix then went to the top for the big frog splash, but Harwood still had the belt and used it on Phoenix when he came down with the big slash. This got a great near fall. Crowd was chanting, this is awesome, this is awesome. Phoenix came off the top onto Harwood, right into the big rig for a near fall. Penta broke that up by flying in off the top rope. The Lucha Brothers and FTR were in the middle of the ring, toe-to-toe. They were exchanging blows left and right. Phoenix hit the rolling cutter on Harwood. He went for the same on Wheeler, but Wheeler countered into a gory bomb. Penta went for a package pile driver on Wheeler, but he was able to escape. Penta and Phoenix hit the fear factor on Wheeler, and Phoenix flew out of the ring with a tope cone hero right on Harwood to keep him out of the ring. Penta got the pinfall, and the Lucha Brothers retained the tag team championship. Man, Harwood is, you know, Harwood is so great. You know, he's had a great year, even though FTR has been out, you know, a little bit here and there. Harwood has been great. Phoenix is always just mesmerizing in the ring. These two teams work so well together, and Now we can finally move on. Now we can finally move on. The AEW tag team title situation is Penta and Phoenix. Don't know who's next. We got Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus as the number one contenders. They are ranked number one. So we may see that. That may facilitate a Christian Cage heel turn there. Uh, We also have the Santana and Ortiz dynamic as well. They've made no secret about it. They want a tag team title opportunity. So I I see that being the major program, the next major, major program for the AW tag team titles. And I do think Santana and Ortiz finally get those tag team titles in that program with the Lucha Brothers. Kind of bringing us back to what they did in their impact days. So that should be incredible when it happens. But this feud is over. It was fun while it lasted. FTR needs to move on. So do the Lucha Brothers. Excellent match. Lucha Brothers retain the tag team titles.
Nyla Rose, the Bunny, and Penelope Ford. They defeated Ruby Soho, Anna Jay, and Tay Conti in a six-woman tag team match. Did not really care about this match at all. Uh, the whole match was getting heat on Ruby Soho. She is the odds-on favorite to me to win the TBS championship. Anna Jay got a hot tag, took it to Rose, tried to finish her with the sleeper hold. Bunny came in, broke that up with a super kick to Anna Jay, and Tay Conti took Bunny out with the T, uh, the, I was going to say the TKO. That's exactly what it is, but it, she calls it the TKO. Rose took out Conti with a hanging neck breaker, and Soho hit the no future on Nyla Rose, which looked great. That's exactly what she's going to do in the match when they have that one-on-one match coming up. And Ford took out Soho with a hook kick, and Jay suplexed Ford. Guerrero, on the outside, slipped Bunny, the brass knuckles, which she used on Anna Jay. Conti then took out the Bunny, and Rose hit the Beast Bomb on Anna Jay to get the pinfall. The heels win the six-woman tag team match. Uh, we did not need this match to go as long as it did, but it did, and... The heels get the victory. So what I see when I see that is we got Nyla Rose and Ruby Soho coming up in the next week or so. I don't know when that's going to happen, but seeing the outcome of this match, it would appear if wrestling one-on-one is correct, Nyla Rose got the victory here over Anna Jay on her team. They got the victory, and Ruby Soho is going to get revenge whenever that one-on-one match is with Nyla Rose, and Ruby Soho is going to the finals. And I said, and I'm going to say it again, Thunder Rosa should beat Jade Cargill, and Thunder Rosa and Ruby Soho should be in the finals of the TBS Championship Tournament. You want that first Dynamite on TBS to go off in grand fashion with a spectacular bang? You give me the best wrestling match that you could possibly book in this moment, and that is without Jade Cargill. That is Thunder Rosa and Ruby Soho. Simple. I don't want to see anything else. I don't want Jade there. I want Thunder Rosa and Ruby Soho in the finals. Jade can take a loss to Thunder Rosa. This is Thunder Rosa we're talking about. Losing to Thunder Rosa should not be looked at as a bad thing. Jade will recover quickly from that. And she'll go back on a tear. She's not ready. She's not ready to be in that type of spotlight. She's not ready to be in a title feud. She's not ready for a title. You got to go with your veterans here. That's the right decision. Jade Cargill's time will come. Believe me. And I will be there, hopefully, having a different tune to sing. I want her to be ready. She's great. But she's not there yet. No reason to rush. Tony Schiavone. Interviewed Sting and Darby Allen in the back. And they did not get any words out. Tony Schiavone was talking about them going to uh, Charleston next week, I believe. North Carolina. And then all of a sudden, he was talking about Sting winning his first world championship in the late 80s. When all of a sudden... FTR attack with Tully Blanchard jumping Sting and Darby Allen from behind. Wheeler threw Darby into the garage door backstage. And they were beating on Sting. Big brawl. This was actually pretty fun. A fun brawl between these four guys. Sting. He was trying to fight back after being jumped. 
And Darby came out and did a huge flying tackle on one of the guys in FTR. He got thrown into the garage door, like I said, but they all held Sting down and Tully gave a low blow to Sting, kicked him right in the nuts. Is it Charleston, South Carolina or Greensboro, North Carolina? Which one? Charleston, South Carolina. I believe it's Charleston. So it looks like we may be getting Sting and Darby versus FTR. That could be pretty decent if uh, they let those four guys go. The man of the hour, Hook. Hook versus Fuego Del Sol. Hook came out. He looked pissed off. This is the son of Taz. Hook has entrance music. It was done by Action Bronson. It actually fit pretty decently to what Hook's got going on here. Crowd was immediately chanting for Hook. I didn't know what to expect here, man. I I didn't really know what to expect with Hook. All I knew was this. This realm, this small portion of people on social media, right? Talking about Hook. And all these hookers, that's what I guess his fan base is called, these hookers, Team Hook, hookers, right? I didn't get it. And I always joked around about, you know, Hook is, he's got this aura about him. Nobody knows anything about him. He's just there. The ladies apparently love him. He's got this fucking fan base that came out of nowhere. Well, what's what's the reason? Is it the hair? Is he a ladies man and we don't know about it? I don't know. Nobody's even heard this guy fucking speak. But he's over and more over than some people on WWE television. So we get his debut tonight. He's got theme music by Action Bronson. He comes out wearing these boxing shorts. He's got Hook right on the inline of the shorts that say Hook in red letters. Bell rings. And when I tell you, I was, what the fuck? Hook in the first 45 seconds, taking Del Sol down with judo throws, battering him in the corner with body shots, right? Reminded me of his father. He was doing this mat technical style with Fuego as well. I'm like, holy shit. It's almost as if he's been wrestling for five years. You don't see anybody in WWE sometimes with fluid movements like you saw from Hook tonight. And then I put it out on social media after the match was over. Hook is by far and away leagues better than where Dominic Mysterio is right now currently on WWE television. This is what Dominic should be. This is how Dominic should be. This fluid. He should already know the ins and outs. He should have movement down. He should be almost an extension of his father. But he's not. He's not. He's lame. He's boring. I don't get any sense of excitement when I see Dominic Mysterio in the ring. But Hook is in the ring. And this guy was fucking incredible. Ground and pound submissions, front chanceries, headlocks, judo throws. Everything came off perfect tonight. 
So Fuego mounted a brief comeback here. He went for a tornado DDT, but Hook blocked it, tossed him to the mat completely with ease. Hook followed up with an awesome lariat, a beautiful overhead suplex. Hook locked in the Katahajime, which I think is now called the Redrum, according to Taz, which is murder backwards. And he taps Fuego out instantly for the submission. Hooked look great. Fantastic. Crowd was behind him. Crowd was chanting for Hook. Yes, it was a Long Island crowd. Yes, it's a New York crowd. But he was over and he looked absolutely fantastic. And I was impressed greatly. I will never make fun of Hook or the Hookers again. I will never come off in a joking way about the hookers. I know now, man. Now I'm a hooker. Okay? I'm a hooker. You made a believer right. You made a hooker out of me, okay? This is great. And let me tell you something, man. Taz and Tony Khan and everybody else, the presentation was perfect, man. Came out, they had theme music ready for him. He didn't have any glitz or glam, nothing, no fireworks, nothing. It was a very bare-bones presentation. But that's exactly what Taz was in ECW. And Tony Khan is a big ECW guy. Hook came out there, and he was just as simple as simple could be, man. You know, he's from New York. New Yorkers don't need all that glitz and glam, all that flash and fanfare, man. Comes out with this stone cold look and he fucking kicks your ass. He doesn't smile while doing it and then he leaves. And then you line up the next opponent for him to do the same thing. Perfect presentation for Hook tonight. Now you talk about the four pillars. You talk about your Sammy Guevara's. You talk about your MJF's. Your Darby Allen's. Your Jungle Boy's, right? You want to throw a Britt Baker in there for the women? Throw a Britt Baker in there. We all love Britt Baker. We all love DMD. But man, if Hook... Is this good now? It's obviously something that he's been working at, seeing how he worked well tonight. If Hook is this good now, man, it may be early. It may be too early to be talking about this now, but, you know, you may be having to talk about the five pillars. You may have to start including Hook in that conversation in a few years. He was great tonight. Excellent, excellent stuff. He beats Fuego in about three minutes. Adam Cole. Adam Cole defeated Wheeler, Utah in the main event tonight. It's pretty academic. I mean, Adam Cole's not going to lose a main event match with Wheeler, Utah. We got the pre-show promo time here. or not the pre-show. The main event promo time with Mark Henry. I, I saw the Young Bucks there. I saw Adam Cole there. I saw Brandon Cutler in the back. I saw Bobby Fish there. I'm like, Kyle will soon be here. He will be in the super elite or the undisputed elite soon enough. So Adam Cole wins in about seven minutes with a last shot. And the match started off with Yuta blocking a cradle pin attempt. Yuta then walked into a super kick. Adam Cole took control. After the suplex, Cole mocked Orange Cassidy's uh, offense. And Orange Cassidy was on the outside. You can sense that that there's an Adam Cole-Orange Cassidy match coming sooner rather than later. Uh, Yuta came back with a uh, pin attempt on Cole. Surprised Cole with a quick pin attempt. Cole rocked him with a pump kick. 
So Cole, speed it up a little bit. He went for Panama Sunrise. You would have counted it into a pinfall attempt. You would have got another near fall off a top rope crossbody. He then hit a top rope forearm for another near fall on Cole. You would have went for a German suplex. Cole blocked it, hit an enziguri. You would have came back and caught Cole with a German suplex for a near fall. You would have caught Cole with a modified Olympic slam. He then went for the top rope, hit a big splash, but Cole got his knees up. Uh, he hit Yuta with a super kick, lowered the boom. He doesn't call it the last shot. He he calls it out, lowered the boom. One, two, three, gets the pinfall. Pretty easy for Cole, baby, over at Wheeler Yuta. After the match, there was a uh, bit of a standoff here between the best friends and the super click. Fish pulled Trent Beretta out of the ring, threw him into the ring steps. Cole hit Cassidy with a low blow, and the Bucks and Cole hit Trent with the BTE trigger to end the show. Rampage was probably better than it has been in months tonight just because of the in-ring action. I mean, the tag team match was great. Adam Cole wrestled, and Hook was fantastic tonight. So that is it, man. That is it. SmackDown in the books. Rampage in the books. I got House of Glory tomorrow. We're going to go over your Super Chats in just a little bit, man. I want to thank you guys so much for joining me on this Friday night here on OTS. Continue to hit that thumbs up, man. We got 30, almost 30 away from 1,000, man. Continue to hit that thumbs up if you guys have not hit that thumbs up. Continue to get those super chats in. And hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications and continue to become a member of VIP right here on OTS. And sit VIP with me right back there. We're going to start at the top, man. We're going to start with Joshua Bennett. Joshua was incredibly generous tonight. He's got a 20, a 5, a 10, and a 5. Four Super Chats in a row. Thank you, Joshua. He says, Hey, JD, I really like the background track that starts off really slow and then really kicks in after 30 seconds, and you take... A roller coaster of emotion. Reminds me of the band Imminence and Insomnium. Uh, Joshua, that is Dearly Beloved. A Kingdom Hearts track remade by a YouTuber who's in Europe. I leave all the links to their channels down below in the description. You guys can go find anything you want. Everybody that I use, all the music that I use on the channel and on the post shows, I link everybody that I use. Right there at the bottom. It's right at the bottom. For reference, Insomnium is a Finnish melodic death metal band and that's... that they do growling but with beautiful guitar riffs and such in the background. I am very familiar with Insomnium, bro. I listen to my fair share of melodic death metal. Swedish death metal, to be in fact. One of my favorite bands is from Denmark called Mercenary. I was big on Solution 45. I was big on In Flames. Now they suck. I was big on Soil Work. In fact, Speed from Soil Work just did my brother's latest EP on the title track. 
Then, then Eminence is a Swedish post-hardcore alternative metalcore band, so you might like them. I'm not entirely sure what your stance is on other types of metal, like metalcore or power metal. I love power metal, man. Power metal and, I would say, progressive metal are my favorites. Last one, but this one's for the chat. Does anyone know... Or does anyone want to play a game of cards? Because I snuck a deck of cards in through security. Peace, JD. Josh, uh, Joshua, thank you for your generosity, brother. I really appreciate you, man. You can sneak in those cards, man. Cards are welcome. Cards are welcome. Jay Coyle with a $5 super chat. I don't understand the match tonight. Wasn't the Survivor Series match between RK-Bro and the Usos supposed to determine the best tag team in WWE? Yes. Yes. WWE, Bruce and Vince, they're all complete trash, dude. They're all garbage. They are absolutely out of their mind mental. Nobody thinks at all when they do the things that they do. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. New day, crown, best tag team. Vince has a huge man crush on them. And do you get a feeling that Vincent Kennedy McMahon is just dying to turn Roman face? Hookamania, baby. I don't want to see, I don't want to see Roman Reigns turn into a uh, baby face. And if they do, he needs to be the same way he is now. That's exactly what he needs to do. Roman Reigns should not be changed at all because you're changing him from a heel to a babyface. Furious Nation with a fight all super chat. What's up, JD? Hook absolutely nailed it tonight. No doubt a future world champion. Hashtag send Hook. Well, listen, listen. We don't need to. We don't need to jump the gun on Hook being a world champion. Okay. Come on now. Jesus with a 999 super chat. Fun episode of Rampage. I want to see less of the bunny and Penelope Ford. The brass knuckle gimmick sucks. Absolutely with you, Jesus. Absolutely with you. The bunny and Penelope Ford need to get the fuck off TV, man. Penelope Ford, I believe, his contract may be coming up. I don't think I don't think Tony's gonna bring her back. Same thing with Kip Sabian. No need. There's no need. Vicious Sid Justice with a $5 super chat. Thank you, Mr. Justice. What's up, JD? Very impressive debut. I'm officially a hooker. OTS for life. Tyler B with a $4.99 super chat. No message. Tyler B, don't be shy around here, bro. The venue is not a place to be shy. Okay. Tony Brown with a 4.99 super chat. JD, it wasn't for Tony Storm. I would have called it a night. Give me some entertainment, bro. OTS for life, bro. Listen, Tony can be on our TVs every single week, bro. I agree with you. ECW Hardcore 07 with a $5 super chat. Hook was sent. The future is bright for AEW. OTS for life. Hook was incredible tonight, man. Awesome stuff by Hook. 
Hooligrim with a $5 super chat. He says, Hookamania is running wild, brother. Indeed it is, bro. Drizzy Drew with a $4.99 super chat. Where are my hookers at? Drop some ones in the chat. But no, seriously, where the hell is Shotzi at? Turns heel and disappeared from the face of the earth. She is teetering on the brink of termination. That's exactly where she's going. Why? Because WWE doesn't like women that look like Shotzi Blackheart. And she was a Triple H gal. Goodbye. Top Dollar with a 199 Super Chat. I'm still waiting for Tony Khan's call. I'm all elite. <laughs> Get out of here, man. You're lying to me. I know you're still waiting for the call from Foot Locker because you're looking for employment. Never mind Tony Khan, bro. Nobody wants you. Eddie Hazard with a 499 Super Chat. Roman Reigns fears Hook. Impressive debut of a legend. Too bad Fuego was his first victim. Hashtag hook sent. Matt with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, keep up the good fight. I'm going to a WWE house show tomorrow night. It's going to suck. Tickets were free. Bro, even if the tickets were free, you couldn't pay me to go to that show. Couldn't get me to go to that show. Enjoy yourself, though. Have fun. King Mo with a 199 Super Chat. Hope all is well. Much love. OTS is the best. Two thumbs up. Thank you, King Mo. Jake Coyle with a $2 Super Chat. Really liking Dearly Beloved from the intro. Me too. I think it's a great fucking cover. We got a 1999 Super Chat from SKC Music Guy with a 1999 Super Chat. Off the script is the best show in the IWC. Wyndham is coming, he says. So is Kyle O'Reilly, maybe Johnny Wrestling, to the best professional wrestling company, AEW. Thanks, JD, for everything that you do. Appreciate you. Thank you, Music Guy. I appreciate you, man. $20 Super Chat. Thank you for being here. Jedi Joker with a $10 Super Chat. Three years today on December 10th, 2018. My brother Golden Boy showed me your channel and I subscribed immediately. The growth of the community is legendary and I'm glad I'm here. Thanks for all that you do. Jedi. Comment to the night, brother. Cheers to you, brother. Thank you. Here's the three more years, man. Philip Newton with a 499 Super Chat. Hook killed it tonight on Rampage. The kid is a natural like his old man. I ordered hog. It's going to be a slobber knocker. Bro, I'm I'm bringing my best tomorrow. Hopefully the sound and the microphones that they give me work properly this time. See Soulsberry with a 999 Super Chat. The debut of Hook left me speechless. I did not expect that. I'll be at work on Sunday, so congratulations on OTS 400. Salisbury, it'll be in the subscription box waiting for you after work, bro. But I'll be live on Sunday afternoon. Thank you, man. 
Martin Smith with a, a $4.99 Super Chat. Hey, J.D., today's my 40th birthday. It would be an honor to get a happy birthday from you. Awesome work, as always. OTS for life. Martin Smith. I'm turning 40 on February 6th, bro. I don't feel it. I don't look it. I'm better than I ever been, man. Better than I have ever been. Happy birthday, brother. Hopefully you feel the same. I want to see all those birthday cake emojis in the chat for Martin Smith's 40th birthday today. I don't know why you guys want OTS hooker shirts. Like, really? Why do you guys want OTS hooker shirts, bro? You guys want VWO Von Wagner shirts. You want hooker shirts. I mean, it's crazy. Gavin Deeth with an Australian mite. $5 super chat. Loving your work, JD, from a local medical facility. Can I have an Hulu Grim with a $5 super chat. Beat him if you can survive. If Hook lets you. I'll beat him if you can. Survive if Hook lets you. Where are all the OTS hookers at? Also, Dope Kingdom Heart shirt, JD. Can't wait for Hog. I love that line, man. Beat him if you can. Survive. If I let you. MGM Bolin re-up for two months. What's up, brother? Hey, JD. Just wanted to thank you for everything. I love this venue. Here's to many more months as a member. Thank you, brother. The Undertaker with a $5 Super Chat. There isn't a Walmart in Saudi Arabia, but there's a Target on every corner. Is there really? The Pro Wrestling Podcast with a $5 Super Chat. Out of all the SmackDowns I've seen in my life, this was definitely one of them. I'm assuming that is not a good thing. Pro Wrestling Podcast. Jay Ray with a $5 Super Chat. For all the doubters of Hook, remember who his father is. The human submission machine, Taz. That was an incredible debut. Hashtag Hook Sent. Jay Ray, thank you, brother. Also, with a $10 super chat, the possibility that Jeff Hardy refused rehab to get out of his contract with WWE is just an, another major example of the AEW effect at work. I love Jeff and wish him all the best. Hashtag Team Extreme for life. He didn't want to be there anymore, bro. He was over it. Music guy with a 499 Super Chat championship contenders match. What the fuck does that even mean? WWE awful creative crap. AEW doesn't do that because TK is greater than Bruce. I don't know wrestling. Bro, Bruce is absolutely brain dead when it comes to what he's got to do. Lucio with a 499 Super Chat. Hey, J.D., can you call my friend Elijah Agoon for spending his money to go to SmackDown today? 
I'll do you one better, Lucio. Uh, listen, Elijah, I, I got I got something to tell you, bro. Listen. Why? Why would you ever give your hard-earned money? Or maybe it's your parents' money and you're jobless and a fucking degenerate. Sounds like you're a degenerate because you went to SmackDown today. Knowing that the show is going to be fucking terrible. Why would you go sit there when we all bitch and complain about it at home? Do you think it's going to magically get better because you're sitting there live because Elijah is in the crowd live? Huh? You didn't even have Roman Reigns tonight. So what exactly did you spend your money on? A 20-minute Brock Lesnar, Sami Zayn segment in the middle of the show, complete shit, and then a, a tag team match that didn't even make sense? Stop giving your money to Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. Their product is terrible. Thank you, Lucio. Nickname my with a UK $5 super chat. Watch out, JD. Jesse's going to send Hook to get you beaten up in the venue. No, it's not going to happen. not going to happen, man. I'm a fan. I'm a hooker now. I probably put Hook over more than anybody else in the fucking community right now tonight, man. Come on. Jesse is going to get his balls beaten by Thunder Rose. Hooligan with a final super chat. It's called the Red Rum, probably because of Red Hook in Brooklyn. Yes, murder. Backwards. Scorpio, 1117 with a $2 super chat. When do we get Adam Page versus Adam Cole, baby? I don't know. Soon. Next year. Uh, next year, definitely at some point. Hooligan with another final super chat. As supervisor of this fine establishment, I see things. OTS hooker shirts would make you a lot of cash flow. Just an idea. Please don't bury me. Listen, I need some graphic designs out there, man. I need I need some graphic artists to come up with some really fucking cool designs about an OTS hooker shirt. Okay? Jackhammer Psalm with a UK 449 super chat and no message. Bro, don't be shy, Jackhammer. Don't be shy, Jackhammer. Oz Inglorious. With a $5 super chat. Jinder Mahal fears hook. Jinder Mahal! Fears hook. Yo, Jeff Hardy, OTS yesterday was tremendous. Love the stream, dude. AEW for life. Thank you, Oz Inglorious. I appreciate that, man. Devin from New Jersey, 2000, with a 199 Super Chat. JD Sings, Breaking Benjamin, released the album. Not while I'm alive and breathing, Devin. Now you give me a Symphony X album from New Jersey, they are. Look them up if you don't know. Alter Bridge. Trivium. Those are my bands, bro. Those are my top three bands right now. Fear Factor had a great album this year. I didn't listen to Dream Theater's album yet. I gotta listen to that. Bullet For My Valentine released an album. It's not that bad. You know, I remember listening to them back in the day. 
Arch Enemy's coming out with a new album. There's a lot of new music coming out, man. Slipknot got a new track coming out. Phone is shit for Super Chat, says Jackhammer. I'm sorry, bro. Sorry to hear that, man. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here. I got to get some sleep. I got a big day tomorrow, man. Malachi Black and Amazing Red, House of Glory, man. How many of you guys in the chat are going to order this show tonight? It's technically tonight. It's 1.30 in the morning on the 11th. Show happens at 8 p.m. How many of you guys in the chat are ordering House of Glory for the glory, man, to listen to Salamonster and JD call all the action, the best commentary team on the indies right now? In House of Glory with the best talent anywhere on the indies. Malachi Black and the Amazing Red, Buddy Matthews and Low Key, Cashflow, Ken Broadway, and TJP, Charles Mason. The diabolical Charles Mason against Evander James of Hog PD. Main event versus the Bollywood Boys. And we got a suicidal six-way that I'm sure will leave people breathless. As always, man, my boy Encore. Sweet Cheeks, Joey Silver. Nolo Katano, right? Should be great, man. Should be great. So hopefully you guys join us on Fight TV. 8 p.m. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here. Thank you so much for all of your support. Thank you for following me on social media, at JD from NY206. That is on Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below, man. Turn on that bell for notifications. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Everything you need is on the homepage right now. Everything you need is there. Hit that thumbs up. We got a thousand. Thank you guys very much. A thousand was the goal. You guys exceeded that. I appreciate you. Go get your t-shirts, man. Bonfire.com. We got those new designs, man. The OTS black and white. NWO. And the Wolfpack red. Long-term booking. They're available on bonfire.com. I also got coffee mugs over there, man. Coffee mugs, tote bags, you name it. All the merchandise is over there. Bonfire.com. Link is down below in the description. Continue to hit that join button. You guys know, become a member of the VIP club here on Off The Scripts. Badges and emotes, you guys got them all. Won't you sign up? And remember to check out my sponsor for today's show, man. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use code JD at checkout for your F-R-E-E sample. Guys, I will be back on Sunday afternoon. Off the script, episode 400. I don't need to watch the fucking road, okay? I don't need to watch the fucking road. 
This is state-of-the-art technology here, man. I got a self-driving Mustang. Okay? I push a button, it takes me where I need to go. And the trunk is big enough for Jesse's dead corpse when Thunder Rosa gets done with him. That's all you need to know. Anyway, guys, I'm getting out of here. See you guys tomorrow on Fight. Or tonight, rather, on Fight TV. House of Glory. And I'll see you guys back in the venue on Sunday for OTS 400. But I need two things before I get out of here, man. I need those guitar emojis. And for my VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And when that music comes on, that guitar solo comes on, man, I knew that music on max. I'll see you guys tomorrow on Fight for House of Glory and Sunday live in the venue for OTS 400. I'll see you guys later. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.